What's up guys? Welcome to the Hook and Ladder and we are here for episode 3 and we are here as always with Hardy and Oats. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Stay tuned for this entire episode. We got some great stuff coming your way. We got the NFL, we've got Premier League news, we've got college basketball all-American uh, teams are out as well as some key players that are declaring for the NBA draft if the NBA ever comes back on. So we've got some huge things coming up here. So, But first, Garrison, let them know what we got first for this first segment. For the first segment, we're going NFL. Uh, we've got Tom Brady. Uh, he signed a, we've got a little bit more detail as to his contract. We've got Todd Gurley going home to Georgia. we got Melvin Gordon. He finally signed with uh, one of the teams out there that was pursuing him. Uh, a two-time Pro Bowler uh, re-signs with New Orleans. The Patriots reportedly uninterested in a quarterback right now who people were kind of tying them to. Uh, and the Steelers uh, went out and got themselves a tight end as well as a defensive lineman from a rival team. Stay tuned, guys. Welcome back to the Hook and Ladder. As I mentioned when we were going to break, it's time to talk NFL. Uh, that's really been the only thing we've been able to talk about lately because, well, all other sports are canceled as of right now. And uh, obviously with the coronavirus going out and around, uh, we're just waiting to hear updates on that as are you know, everybody around the country. It's just kind of a waiting game right now. Uh, but the NFL, it's certainly not waiting. Tom Brady, the details came out about his contract. Two years, $50 million guaranteed deal. Uh, the team also can't trade or franchise tag him. So uh, this this marriage is official. Uh, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, so I guess uh, it's a big celebration for all those in Tampa Bay. Uh, and a lot of question marks for, I think, a lot of people uh, still at this point. You know, Tom Brady, uh, he's a great player, great leader. So uh, hopefully they'll be able to add a few more wins uh, to the win column this year. As we mentioned, after taking a look at their their schedule this year as well, a lot of winnable games. So the ceiling uh, is is. I'm not sure how high the ceiling is, but the floor is pretty high. There's a lot of games in there that they really should win when you look at it. So um, off the top of my head, I feel I've already talked about Tom Brady enough uh, <laughs> in the last few episodes. Uh, but, I mean, all in all, he's a great quarterback, has had a great career, and uh, I hope that uh, he can go out in, in a very respectable way. Yeah, and you know, you know, you brought up Tampa Bay's schedule. Um, you look at the first five games – all of those, like you said, are winnable, except maybe uh, I personally think their trip to Soldier Field at Chicago, that'll be their first real test. You know, you look at that vaulted Bears defense, and then if Chicago can figure out the offensive side of things, with whether they're going with Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, that veteran presence, um, that's, that's going to be the telltale sign of how good this Tampa Bay team can be. If they go into Soldier Field and lay a smackdown on Chicago, um, I think that this could be a very impressive run. Uh, also looking at the schedule, though, in the second half of the season, that's when they run into a buzzsaw of a stretch, a five-game stretch where you've got, oh, you're pulling it up right now, you've got uh, Carol, Carolina, that 
that could go one of two ways. It could be very easy for Tampa Bay, or it could be a grinded-out affair. New Orleans, Green Bay, Minnesota, Kansas City, and we don't really know how the Chargers are going to be at this point. Uh, and then you end the season with the L.A. Rams, who I think could bounce back this season as well. So that second half of the schedule is pretty daunting. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I would agree. The second half of the schedule is pretty daunting, but I do think that uh, I don't know why you're so sold on the Bears at this point as a measuring rod for the beginning of the season for this team. I I think that that's going to be at least uh, a two-score victory uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just when I look at the rosters and look at it on paper. Um, I'm excited to see what Matt Patricia can do uh, with the Lions. Who knows how they'll play. Well, it sounds like uh, uh, Darius Slay didn't have much high praise for him as uh, he signed the, that deal with Philadelphia and is now joining the Eagles, uh, which is why you know they moved on from Malcolm Jenkins. But um, I, I hope the Lions are able to turn something around. You know, they're and be competitive. Yep. They're always you just got to feel for Detroit fans. But but I digress. That's not on the docket. Um, <laughs> I was just discussing their schedule, no, so yeah, I, had, no. I had just mentioned the lines. But, no, I mean, you know, they play New Orleans a couple of times. I think you could chalk those up as losses for me, but obviously that's why we play the game. But it's going to be exciting to see Drew Brees play Tom Brady twice. You know, that's mm. fun. Uh, and then Matty we get to, Ice twice. Yeah, Matty Ice, which I think we could call him Matty Melt now <laughs> after these last couple of years. You know, he's not as good as people thought he was, but he does play Aaron Rodgers once, and he gets to play Patrick Mahomes uh, only one time, which is going to be a benefit for Tom Brady because he just can't keep up with the point production of Patrick Mahomes. And I think that that is... Uh, Possibly something you could attribute to the Patriots, but I think it's something you could attribute to Tom Brady. Captain Checkdown, as I call him, late in his career. Uh, if you really look at the numbers, his throws under 10 yards is staggering in, in comparison to his throws uh, beyond that. So, uh, you know, we've talked about Tom a lot. Tom officially signs the deal. But what I'm really interested to talk about is Todd Gurley's decision to go back to Georgia. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I, I don't. I don't hate it. You know, uh, there's a lot of people who are saying, why would he go to Atlanta out of all teams? A team that uh, has really struggled the past few years. Uh, ever since that Super Bowl loss, as you and I have uh, talked about in an earlier episode, Atlanta just has not been able to find their footing. So uh, I think uh, offensively, Atlanta still has some pieces. And as to why they can't produce is beyond me. You got Matt Ryan, who has in the past. Uh, been a very productive quarterback. You've got Julio Jones. He's had injury issues, but when he's healthy, look out. He's the guy who could go for a 200-yard-plus game. And then you've got now adding Todd Gurley, who's obviously hoping to rejuvenate his career that's gone off the rails a little bit. I personally think that this was a, a fine move on his part. And then you look at the financial implications of it. Because he signed, he gets $7.5 million from the Rams, $6 million from the Falcons. There is a $2.5 million offset, uh, which brings the grand total of $11 million in earnings for 2020. Not bad for a running back in this day and age. No, not bad at all, especially with someone of uh, his, his, his reputation. He's a strong runner. Um, I personally felt his down season last year was a little bit due to coaching as if like the Rams were scared to put a heavy load on him and then before they knew it uh you know they were on the outside looking in as far as the NFC goes um so you know there was a lot 
team, a lot of teams that the Rams were hands down better than uh, the year prior, and so I didn't think they expected the 49ers to come in and be as competitive as they were and compete for a playoff spot. So uh, maybe that's why he didn't get the stats and things like that that he had uh, two years prior. But Todd Gurley's a great running back, in my opinion. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are lucky to have him. Uh, really, you know, as we look at last year, uh, they were tied for 29th as far as rush as rush attempts, 30th as far as rush yards in the league, and yards per rush, they were 26th, then rush touchdowns, they were tied for 24th, 10-yard rushes tied for 26th, and then rush yards per game, 29th, and of course, yards after contact, dead last. So if you're looking to improve some categories in your rush offense, you can say they went out and got the guy that they needed. So I'm excited uh, to see how they can turn around. But that begs the question, what the hell happened to Devontae Freeman? He lost Tevin Coleman, his buddy old pal Jr. You know, it's a they a lot of teams are going to running back by committee, right? Um, you know, my 49ers, for example. Um, no, I'm not part of the York family, uh, as far as I know, even though my grandmother's maiden name is York. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, no relation. But I call them my <laughs> 49ers because I care. Uh, I care deeply. But we, we, we are running back by committee. You know, we've got Mozart in there, and uh, as well as we've got Coleman, who we took from the Falcons. We've got Breida, you know, and then we've got the injury guy from Minnesota. I don't yeah. know why is he's slipping my mind right now. Um, it starts with an M, doesn't it? Yeah. It's slipping my mind, too. But I know who exactly Anyways, you're talking about. you guys know who he is. Uh, the little <laughs> guy. He's really little. Um, but he hasn't played it really. McK- McK- McKenzie. McK- McKinnon. McKinnon. Yep. There Jer- we go. Jer- we got McKinnon. it. Yeah, we know who you are, buddy. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I know you haven't played football in the last three years, and that's why you're irrelevant in my mind. But we still <laughs> love you deeply, don't we, Garrison? <laughs> yes, we do. We're nodding our head yes. Uh. But I digress. The Falcons, great pickup. I'm glad that Todd Gurley is able to go home to Georgia, as we mentioned. Uh, Really not a bad package for him uh, as far as what he gets. And uh, speaking of running backs, Melvin Gordon to the Denver Broncos. Did you see this coming? I did not. Then again, I didn't know what would be a good fit for him uh, regardless. Uh, You look at the Denver Broncos, they they have a pretty solid defense. It always seems like they have a solid defense. They've got that home field advantage up at mile high. Uh, They just got rid of Joe Flacco. So that bit, you know, it looks like uh, Jared Stidham uh, is the next guy on the depth chart, if uh, if I remember correctly. Um, It just, it's kind of sad to see that... You know, we talk about the beating that running backs take. Melvin Gordon, he was hope he held out for that big payday. You know, that's what we all remember is uh, him, his back and forth with the Chargers. Uh, unfortunately, his deal is for two years, sixteen million dollars. Um, which again, it's ironic considering he held out for way more than that back in 2019, and the Chargers told him no, and here we are hitting the road. Yeah, I think that uh, sometimes when you hold out for more money, it doesn't exactly work out. Not everybody gets what they want. They get caught with their fingers in the cookie jar, as it were. I think Melvin Gordon is a great running back. Uh, I thought that Lindsey uh, is a great running back. So to mm. go and, and pay this much money for a running back, maybe they're looking to do running by back by committee. committee. 
So, uh, you know, it's a copycat league. And to see the 49ers with so many uh, running backs that are capable and able, um, you know, and you look around the league, there's a lot of teams with two really good running backs, um, the Browns included. Uh, now with uh, the Patriots Kareem Hunt, always have a committee. Yeah, the yeah the Patriots always have really just random people from everywhere. But uh, yeah, so it's really a great great opportunity for Melvin Gordon to prove himself. Uh, you know, being on a franchise that doesn't have a quarterback right now and has two good running backs and the ability to really lean heavy in in the in as far as it goes into the run game. So we'll obviously see there's more free agency and more moves to be made as far as who ends up in Denver for that starting spot and I'm sure there'll be some competition. Uh but we'll see, you know, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, you know, one of those free agent names that you, uh, that comes to mind is Jameis Winston as uh room reports have come out that the New England Patriots are uninterested in Jameis Winston. Um, it, so that begs the question, one, where is a guy like Jameis going to end up who plays? He's played very erratically, um, especially the past couple of years. And uh, who on earth are the Patriots looking for? It's not like there, uh, there aren't that many desirable free agent quarterbacks floating around out there anymore with uh, you know, uh, Philip Rivers signing his contract. Uh, you got Ryan Tannehill getting locked up, even though I don't necessarily think he's worth that much, but I digress. Teddy Bridgewater's locked up. Tom Brady found his new club. Who the pa- who should the Patriots even be looking for at this point? I think that uh, the answer lies within the organization already. That's what I think. They draft really well. They draft the guys that they want. So we'll have to wait and see if the quarterback in waiting becomes uh, the next crown king. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them to, to, to move on to a young quarterback. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily put them in a rebuilding fra- phase, but there's just not uh, too many people left, you know what I mean, as far as realistic options uh, for, for for quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. Cam Newton, but there doesn't seem to be yeah. much of a market for him right now as people are kind of, you know, in waiting to see who's going to be the first person to, to kind of pursue him as as far as i know nothing has developed for cam right now but if you were to ask me uh who is cam newton that great of a quarterback i would say no he had one really good year you know they were really competitive went to the super bowl um and he cried on the field and kicked his feet (laughs) like a child but i mean in all in all he's only had really one good year he's incredibly inaccurate when you really break it down except for that one year he was really he did really well but his passer rating is not good if you take that year out so it's uh it's really all up in the air as far as qbs where who should the patriots get the answer i guess is nobody knows and that's exactly how bill belichick likes it that's right that's right they're always very under the radar kind of like my spurs but uh we'll talk about that some other time um got some more news uh, out of the uh, nfc south once again uh, two-time pro bowler andres pete has re-signed with uh new orleans for five years 57 and a half million dollars 33 million of it guaranteed uh the new orleans saints really look to be solidifying that offense and want to protect their investment in drew Brees. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, i got nothing but respect for the Saints. They've been competitive for so long. They're one of those franchises that you look at that's really been a staple for the last 10 years. And I really can can see why, as their front office just continues to make good moves. Um, so I don't think it's anything that to set the world on fire with and necessarily is going to, you know, 
be front page worthy uh, for anybody as far as national coverage goes, but it's a good signing. And uh, that's what you've got to do is is you've got to compile good signing after good signing after good signing. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams out there making a lot of moves. Um, you know, another team making a lot of moves is the is the Browns. What do you think of the Browns' moves so far with this offseason? I know they've signed a lot of players uh, that most people most people didn't think, like, they believe they got Sendejo from, from Minnesota for a one-year contract, mm-hmm. which is a really... I think you know honestly a great move there. They've got they've signed uh, some O linemen. Uh, you know they've signed Which Austin Hooper. Much needed. Uh, they signed Austin Hooper. Um, so from the Falcons, what are your thoughts on the Browns so far? Well, the biggest thing for me for the Browns, and uh, you, you know you're you're you've made your opinions clear about Baker Mayfield in that you think you know he's buns to mm. use your words. But I think if you if the Browns were able to provide him with a, a solid offensive line that would give him more time to make the reads necessary to move the ball down the field more efficiently, uh, I think. I think they could potentially be a threat in their division. You look at that defense. They've got a very good defensive front uh, with Ver, uh, Olivier, Olivier Vernon. I can never say his first name correctly. Sheldon Richardson, uh, Schobert in that uh, linebacking core, uh, Christian Kirksey. Uh, and then in the secondary, it, you know, adding a guy like... Um, uh, you just mentioned the Vikings. Sendejo. Uh, Sendejo. Uh, so this team has pieces all over the field and two flashy ones at wide receiver. So if you give Baker Mayfield the time needed to make those reads, um, who knows? I think the Browns could be uh, an 8-8 team. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, I think they could be a threat. Yeah, and then offensively, as far as the run game goes, we had already discussed they have two good uh, running backs as mm-hmm. far as Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then they've gone out and they've acquired Andy uh, Janovich, who's from the Denver Broncos, and he's a good fullback. You know, And the fullback position is reemerging here in the NFL, and it's exciting to see. Now, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. On declaring the Browns winners for the offseason because we all know what happened last offseason. They were the 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 crown prince coming into the to the uh, year last year, and everyone thought uh, they were going to be this amazing team. And they kept making excuses for them until they took that fateful trip down to San Francisco, where they were demolished, thirty-one to three. And uh, uh-huh. from that point on, you know, they just struggled for the rest of the year. So, I mean, my goodness, so many things. Well, another team in their own division that just got a little bit uh, deeper up front uh, is the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they also signed a veteran tight end by the name of Eric Ebron, who we saw the production he put up when he was uh, uh, teamed up with Andrew Luck. Now you put him with a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, who uh, he's definitely not, uh, he doesn't have the same firepower as he used to uh, in his old age. Uh, I mean, he, he's the kind of guy who looks like a frat guy at this point. <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, you know, they add that offensive weapon to give them a little bit more um, athleticism in Ebron. He's got, they signed him to a two-year, $12 million deal. And then uh, on the defensive front, the Steelers added uh, Chris Wormley uh, the, the Raven, from the Ravens. It's kind of surprising that the Ravens would send a solid defensive lineman to their in-division rival, mm. especially to the Steelers. Wormley um, became expendable once we we both know the Ravens signed Calais Campbell. Uh, so I, Brown's got to worry about the Steelers. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it's shaping out to be a very, very busy time uh, in the NFL, which obviously all of us appreciate very much. And uh, so we're very excited to continue to cover free agency for you guys here on the Hook and Ladder. This has been our coverage of the NFL free agency for today, uh, for the last couple days here uh, as we wrap up uh, this week of free agency here in March. So stay tuned as we get back with after these words from our sponsors. We appreciate you guys. And that was NFL coverage of Hook and Ladder. All right, guys, it's time for On This Day in Sports History with the Hook and Ladder. On this day in sports history, the Toronto Maple Leafs scored eight goals in five minutes in 1938. I didn't even know they had hockey back then in 1938. So then again, I'm not much of a hockey guy myself. But, uh, well, shout out to Toronto Maple Leafs fans, to uh, I'm sure the many of you who are listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. How many Toronto Maple Leafs fans do we have? If so, send us a voice message on the app. It's possible on Anchor. And you can also find us on Spotify. Smash the like button. Follow us. This is Hook and Ladder, and we're coming at you with our very first segment on international soccer. Garrison, uh, what you, do we got? You just said it wrong. First of all, it's football. So it, get football, it right. Yeah, get it yeah. right for our uh, international fans. In fact, I've seen, uh, according to the analytics of our podcast, we have 16% of our listeners hail from France. So ah. France. Au revoir. Uh, <laughs> France has an excellent. Bonjour. Au revoir means goodbye. Okay. Say goodbye just, first. All right. Don't run them off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, keep listening. France, as we all know, uh, won the last World Cup, uh, and they just have quite the group. Uh, when it comes to international football, especially with the likes of Mbappe, uh, one of the brightest young stars uh, in this sport. But, you know, uh, you and I, uh, James and I, happen to be uh, Premier League fans. Um, James, why don't you tell the, tell the listeners how you got into the Premier League and about your team that I'm not a fan of. Oh, okay, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um... I think as most young teenage Americans, I got into uh, Premier League soccer from FIFA. Uh, you know, it's one of the, still is one of my favorite games to play on Xbox. So, Salty Sherlock, send me an ad if you're from France. I'll play you and I'll beat you. You can be France and uh, I'll be USA all the way, baby. And I will still get the job done. But all that to say this, I fell in love with with soccer uh it more more so in my college years you know playing a lot of fifa in the dorms as well as hanging out with some of my friends who are on the soccer team and just diving into to what that was and then during a football injury uh i actually joined a soccer team at william jessup university for uh one whole summer so uh, it it was uh not something that turned into a full season but it was a fun experience and more running than i'd ever done in my entire life yeah yeah you you just see the amount of distance those guys cover in the games um but for me, you know, I it, it, same thing. It was FIFA, and just I don't know about you, but whenever I play uh, a sport video game, I always love managing a team. There's just something about uh, as nerdy as this sounds, putting a winning field and a winning formula out, and uh, just seeing it. And I always like to go with teams that are just terrible. 
So for me right now, I'm managing a team called Sunderland. Uh, by the way, they have a great Netflix show. Uh, it's free. It's called Sunderland Till I Die. I highly recommend you watch it. Season two is coming out this April. Uh, again, check it out. Anyways, I manage Sunderland and now have them. Uh, they fell all the way to the English two league, and I brought them back into the Premier League. We're sixth place right now. Big stuff. Big where, stuff. Where was I? I got lost. Anyways, back, you're talking about back to FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's how I got my love uh, with the game. But I didn't really know who to pull for. I didn't. I just didn't know much about it. But then I noticed there's this team called Tottenham Hotspur. And as uh, I've alluded to before, I am a huge San Antonio Spurs fan. So immediately seeing Spurs, Spurs, I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to follow this team and see what happens. And then when I start watching Tottenham Hotspur, they've got the likes of Harry Kane, Deli Alley, um... Uh, Danny Rose, who's now traded, unfortunately. They had Karrion Trippier as well. Uh, they had uh, Hyungmin's son, who's just super joyful. You just love watching him on the field. And, of course, Hugo Lloris, a Frenchman. Um, just the way they've built this club, they used their youth academy a lot, and they build it kind of the same way the San Antonio Spurs built their team up, using a lot of youth and just togetherness and being together a lot. So it was simple for me. I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan, and uh, sadly, the way they've been performing lately, uh, not so great. The coronavirus was honestly probably good for them. It's like, okay, we get to take a break Give here. us a bit of a break. <laughs> yes, exactly. So who's your team? Uh, Chelsea, yeah. I'm, I've been in love with Chelsea ever since uh, Drogba got knocked out. Mm. That was a rough time for all of us. Mm. No, I was actually a fan before, a little bit before that. But, yeah, just um, – been a Chelsea fan since the beginning, since the inception. You know, uh, I got a brother who is a Man U fan. Oh. And uh, so, I mean, we're a divided household, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, FIFA makes champions of us all. We can't all love the same <laughs> team. But, no, I, I, in all honesty, we're just some Yanks covering, you know, European football. But at the end of the day, we love the game. But as we know, uh, it is on hold, and the Premier League has – has come out and they've said it, what their plans are in response to the coronavirus and obviously uh, everything that's going on in Europe, such such a, a tight knit community, uh, you know. So so things are on hold, but we are uh, there. Those countries and and all those teams and those players and those fans, especially all those people, are in our thoughts and in our prayers. And we cannot wait for soccer to come back uh, once again. And I know that there was some talk. Uh, as far as online, is, uh, is, is the Premier League going to come back this year? Are they going to allow, uh, are they going to do this interleague play? Are they going to focus more on league play when they come back and they're going to allow the leagues to have their champions and bring back the Premier League next year? So we're really, it's kind of all up in the air. I really do hope that they come back. Uh, I know we were in the middle uh, of the Champions League, so I, I really want that to bring, come back as well. So. Oh, yeah, and all the clubs want it to come back as well because the league has let them know that if they are not able to finish the season, TV contracts will have to be paid back by all the clubs in the amount of $875 million. And that's, I assume that's U.S. dollars. I'm not sure what, what it would be for over there, but that's what the number came up. So that's certainly, if, if I'm a Premier League club, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, please let us finish this season. Um, they put the season on hold when Arsenal manager uh, Mikel, I'm probably um, brutalizing this, Mikel Arteta was positive with the coronavirus. But according to reports recently, he's feeling much better and is now working from home. 
Okay, perfect. So yeah, I mean, we've got we've got hope. We know that there's money on the line, so hopefully that brings that uh, brings that back for us for for you know for the fans. We want to see it. We're excited about it. Obviously, if we just want to run down really quickly through the point standings, Liverpool is smashing everyone as they've done all year. Great for them with 82 points. Manchester City uh, coming in second with 57 points. Uh, Leicester. It's Leicester. Just Leicester, straight up. Straight up? Just straight Leicester. I've heard that because of FIFA. All right, mate. I trust you. And then... (laughs) Bringing it in fourth place, Chelsea, ladies and gentlemen, with forty-eight <laughs> points. Yes, that's us. And that, let's go just for just for the fun of it. Let's go find uh, let's find Tottenham. Uh, oh, there there they are, eighth place. I didn't have yeah, to scroll yeah, that far down. Yeah, you guys yeah, aren't doing uh, that bad. Yeah, thanks thanks so much for bringing that up. You know, uh, it certainly certainly hasn't gone the way we've hoped. We lost Harry Kane. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a gifted one. I, uh, and then we lost Youngman's son, uh, both to injury, and as well as uh, Musa Sizoko, who's a very underrated part of our midfield attack. So really, we're just giving you guys a year um, to get to the Champions League and feel good about yourselves, and next year it'll go back to normal. We appreciate that. Of course. We do. And From we... the bottom of our heart. And obviously, <laughs> loving Chelsea also... Is great because of Christian Pulisic. I can't ever say his name because I have trouble saying his name. That's the way we break it down. But just having an American on the team who's uh, not just a, not just a filler body or somebody on loan, but somebody who's just amazing is and great. You know, we'll have to do an. Uh, uh, stay tuned, guys. We'll do a, we'll do a more in depth analysis of Team USA at some point. There's a lot of youth and excitement on that team. You look at the likes of Timothy Weah, uh, who's a gifted striker. He's been playing on some Euro- European clubs lately. Uh, Sargent, another uh, a winger who uh, looks to be. Another promising prospect, uh, and then uh, there's a there's a couple other ones as well. Uh, RB, uh, there's a midfielder who plays for RB Leipzig, and uh, you know he's he's gotten in and he helped defeat my beloved Tottenham, so that wasn't fun to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, Josh Sargent, that's it, uh, and it was uh, Weston McKin- Mc- McKenney, maybe that was it. In any case, there's some there's some hope uh, for Team USA going forward. I think. Yeah, absolutely. The sport has continued to grow, and we're excited about that. I I remember, uh, you know, if you really think about it, soccer has never been the premier sport in America. And could you imagine if our the best athletes? And now I'm, this is nothing against athletes of the past that have represented Team USA. Obviously, we love all of them, all those heroes that have paved the way. Um, you know, growing up watching uh, those people like with the likes of Landon Donovan and things like that. But with that being said, could you imagine if our top athletes were playing soccer? If Russell Westbrook was a was a was a striker, he's going forward and his ability with his large frame to be able mm-hmm. to go up and his athletic ability to to get headers and LeBron James or Anthony Davis at, as the keep. <laughs> could you imagine things like this? You know, Julio Jones being a keeper. He's so big. His frame is Megatron. Oh my. Yeah goodness the list goes on and on the athletes so the sport is growing 
it's going in a trending in a positive direction, and uh, you can't say enough good things about USA Soccer, especially on the women's side as well. Oh yeah, it's been great to be able to see them be super successful. Not the most patriotic bunch of girls <laughs> that I've ever met, sure, but it's okay. It's the time that we live in, and people are um, right now struggling f- to find patriotism as we kind of transition into a new era. But all in all, proud of the women and the way that they perform every single time they step on the pitch when it comes to international play. Absolutely. And you look at the MLS, uh, a league that for, uh, for much of its existence uh, was laughed at and uh, an afterthought. Uh, but the MLS is adding clubs year by year. Uh, we just got a team in Nashville this year. Uh, and there's another club coming to Austin, I believe. Apparently, Austin is a booming market when it comes to sports. Um, so the MLS is growing rapidly. We're in its 25th year. Uh, and it, it's just becoming a more of a national thing. I'll be honest with you, though, when I look at the quality compared to the Premier League, it just doesn't add up yet, which is to be expected. Mm. But um, this is just very encouraging growth. And we've heard, heard numerous executives from across the pond that they're taking notice and mm. they're setting up scouting networks. And I think that it's a great opportunity for players as they grow older to come and capitalize on the uh, reputations that they've built throughout their career. Obviously, David Mm -hmm. Beckham did that at the end of his. We saw Zlatan Ibrahimovic come over and play in the MLS. And uh, I'm excited to see more. Chicharito is now in the MLS. So it's like Mm -hmm. the coronavirus put a whole ton of... But my goodness, we're getting good names here in America, and and the sport is growing, so I'm excited. I can't wait. I know that Lionel Messi has expressed interest in coming to the United States before his career is over. So where will he land? And why wouldn't Ronaldo follow? Right. Exactly. So as these people kind of reach uh, ages where these these the longevity of these European clubs they they move on from these players, you know what I mean. But uh, but here in America, we will gladly take those stars uh, in in their age and their wisdom and intent come and apply it to our to our systems here. So I'm excited about the 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 trajectory of soccer in America. Yeah, and they call, they call it a retirement league, but I don't care. We get to see the legends live and in concert on our soil. Who cares? Anyways. Yeah. Anytime that, they step onto the pitch, it's a win for everybody. That's right. So, all of our fans listening in France, let us know, send us a voice message or maybe just a message message if you're uh maybe no, Garrison speaks French. So just send us a oh, message. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and find us on Facebook. Again, uh, The Hook and Ladder with Hardy and Oates. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, share the share the podcast. You know, help spread the love. Thank you guys for your support. Uh, and now it's time to move on to our next topic. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and pass it off to our sponsors as we head into a break. But we'll be right back with more news. Thanks, guys. This is The Hook and Ladder. Welcome back, guys. Again, this is episode three of The Hook and Ladder with Hardy and Oates. Uh, we've talked about the NFL. We've talked about the Premier League. It's time to take it local. 
we haven't really talked about anything local just because things have been dominated by national news, you know, and uh, to be fair, nothing local is going on. But we can look ahead, and that's what we're going to do right now with Washington State Athletics. Uh, the Washington State Cougars basketball wrapped up uh, their season, uh, their first non-losing season in nine years. So Kyle Smith uh, was the new coach that we brought in. Um, I say we because I've been a fan my whole life, uh, and that's courtesy of my dad who graduated here and back in the Stone Age. No, I'm kidding. Whenever, uh, whenever it, I think it was eight, um, 86, if I remember correctly. But in any case, ever since, been a fan. So WSU basketball on the right trajectory. Uh, James, you yourself, you're new to the area, but you you are now a WSU transplant fan. I am, yes. Uh, I made a Facebook announcement. I've been a long time uh, Oregon fan uh, since since my youth, since I was very very young, and um, I went on and I, I made I made my prediction that I, I do believe that Oregon's going to win the Pac-12, but I I'm moving my allegiance to Washington State because I've never had the ability to cheer for a Pac-12 team that's actually local to me. So having Washington State be close by, I have since changed my allegiance. Um, so basketball-wise, WSU trending in the right direction, which makes my heart happy. And football-wise, uh, with uh, we've got we've got a bright future with a with a new coach on the helm. So excited to see what the future holds, and I'm along for the ride as long as it takes. Yeah, and uh, you guys are going to be getting inside access to this program just because uh, you know James and I are fortunate to uh, be a part of a media company where. Uh, at Pacific Empire Radio, where we have access to the media uh, booth up at Washington State. Uh, I just happened to reach out to the sports uh, information director. Um, his name isn't coming to mind, but I just emailed him, said, can I get can I get a media pass? And he said, yep, sure. So uh, that goes forward into next season. James and I will be coming to you live in the booth. Not in the booth, rather, but We'll be making the game day an experience. So, uh, as James mentioned, looking forward to the, you know, or looking back last year, WSU football didn't exactly pan out to the expectations everybody had set up. They finished the season 6-6. Six and six. Um, Very up and down year. The defense was just awful. And then to end things up, Coach Leach heads off to Mississippi State. Yeah, Coach Leach, great guy, really funny, great interview, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, his time here at WSU uh, doesn't yield everything that we all hoped and dreamed, but it is what it is, and we and we move on and press on towards the future and wish wish Coach Leach all the best of luck. But here we are, looking forward to the season. And Garrison, let's just look straight ahead at, at this at the season and who we're playing coming up. Let's let's discuss the schedule a little bit. Okay. Well, we open up with uh, the Utah State Aggies and. Contrary to the sound of the name, you know, a lot of people think, oh, Utah State, that should be a win. Not necessarily. The Last year, I think they beat Michigan State at Michigan State. So this Utah State football club is a stout, and they're filled with upperclassmen, uh, oftentimes because they're not sending anybody to the NFL, but they play together. They play tough football, and uh, they're going to be a challenge. Next, it's a battle of the Cougars. 
you got the Houston Cougars coming to Pullman uh, to take on WSU. Last year, WSU went down to Energy Stadium in Houston, got the win. Uh, next up, it's the Idaho Vandals coming to town. That should be doable, you would think. Uh, then it's WSU opens up Pac-12 play with Oregon State, uh, your, the hated Beavers uh, for your side of things. Cal, then Utah, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, UCLA, Oregon, that's going to be a tough one, in the Palouse, and finishing up with the hated Huskies. So, uh, James, overall, what are your what are your first thoughts of the schedule as you look it over? Is this something, is this a season that gives, or is that a schedule, rather, that gives you hope? Yes, I do. I think that we're playing some solid ball clubs right away, right off the bat in the first two weeks. And then we get a tune-up game, as it were, in Idaho uh, with the Vandals. I do think that that's a game that we should uh, absolutely win with our ability to recruit and being a Pac-12 school. uh, Should have a dominant upper hand on them moving into the Pac-12. And it doesn't get much better than playing Oregon State in your first game in the Pac-12. By no means are they a powerhouse, uh, but we're excited uh, I'm excited to see uh, exactly uh, what my very first Pac-12 game experience will be sitting in the stadium and being able to be there at, at my first Pac-12 conference game. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm excited about it. But overall, I do see a lot of very winnable games uh, for, for this team. Um, and, and, you know, there's some games that are really toss-ups, I, I suppose. But it, it's all going to come down to as we get a feel for this coaching staff and how the players are responding. Yeah, and WSU, they certainly lost a few weapons on offense with the likes of Anthony Gordon. Obviously, he's off to the NFL. Uh, They also lost Desmond Patton, the big uh, 6'4 target out on the wing at wide receiver. Um, So there's there's some replacing that needs to be done. Uh, Also, uh, Winston, uh, they lost Winston as well at wide receiver. So uh, WSU luckily is flushed with receivers because they've been in air raid offense for so long that's a destination spot for receivers who want to get their stats up and uh, potentially have a shot at the NFL Rolovich the new head coach Nick Rolovich comes in from Hawaii Uh, he had a lot of success uh, with uh, the Rainbow Warriors and um, he took a program out there that was just bottom of the barrel to a team that was competing out in the Mountain West. And there are some quality teams out in the Mountain West. So uh, he implements a uh, heavy pass attack, but it's going to be there's going to be a lot of running as well, which is good for Max Borgie, our running back. Um, I'm excited for this team. You know, we've got some good recruits coming in. Uh, WSU not known to pull in any four- or five-star guys, really, uh, but some high three-stars coming in. And then uh, looking at the season, I could see um, on a very optimistic scale, I could see a nine-win season. Worst-case scenario where everything just goes wrong, it looks like a five-win season to me. Just You never know with the Pac-12. It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely as far as conference play goes, uh, Washington had its struggles inside of the conference play going only three and six uh, in the Pac-12 North. But with that being said, a lot of room for growth. And uh, as you had mentioned, some good wide receivers and, uh, and and new coaching staff to bring about new wrinkles. So teams are not going to know how to prepare for us just yet, especially Oregon. They'll obviously have two games of tape, but you know, we're going to be able to throw in some wrinkles as the season continues to grow. And hopefully this new coaching staff and this uh, fresh 
look and take for our for our, for the guys will result in some some big wins. Absolutely. And uh, just just before we wrap things up, guys, did want to did want to touch on uh, the basketball program really quickly. Um, the what a year going 16 and 16 obviously that doesn't scream winning or success but uh, from years past where we had Ernie Kent and we couldn't we just couldn't win anything we uh, Pac-12 we consistently uh were at the bottom and uh granted it's not like we uh, moved the scale in a, in a large amount or anything, but we finished above the rival Huskies, and to me, that's a win right there. Um, we've got some solid recruits coming in, a six foot ten center out of the NBA Academy in uh, Sudan, uh, as well as a very athletic six foot five wing player. Um, Kyle Smith has got this team rolling in the right direction, and Nerdball was very successful in year one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was uh, definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, Got to find ways to win multiple games in a row, mm-hmm. as we see that the winning streak uh, was capped at one. So anytime, <laughs> right. anytime the they were able to find a win, the Cougs were able to get a win. Then they would get a loss, <laughs> and uh, also really uh, great play at home, which is yeah. always good to be able to be say that you're a tough place to play at home, being twelve and five at home which is a, a very good record. Uh, so we're excited about that. Going to learn h- how to play uh, better on the away side of things. And, and then, you know, if we can add four or five wins on those side of things, and we're looking at a very competitive team. So yeah, excited. Yeah, and only time will tell. And as Kyle Smith continues to get his guys in at, on the recruiting level, uh, it's just going to get better from here. So, guys, uh, that is all we've got for you today on Episode 3 of The Hook and Ladder. Uh, we did want to mention really quick, uh, you, there is an option in the Anchor app where you can be a monthly supporter of our program and our, our podcast, excuse me. Um, if We would greatly appreciate any little thing you can give. Uh, if, that, if that's nothing right now, that's not a problem. Uh, we just appreciate your, your listenership. Uh, but a lot does go into the preparation of this show on top of our full-time jobs. So uh, if there's if there's uh, anything you can give or you think we, we're, we're, we've earned that at this point, we'd greatly appreciate it. Or you could just share this podcast uh, to you know, your friends, share it on Facebook. Uh, any, any little bit helps. Yeah, absolutely. And as we said earlier in the show, uh, smash the like button, follow us here on Spotify or on the Anchor app, rather, any, any other listening platform that you're listening to us on, as well as follow us on Facebook, Hook and Ladder with Hardy and Oates. You'll be able to find us. And once you do that, go ahead, like our content, share it to people all around. It really does go a long, long way. We appreciate you guys so much. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys all back on Monday with the Hook and Ladder. Also, we're trying to grow our program uh, to a point where uh, we're going to hopefully uh, be featured on Fox Sports. It is possible. It is on the table. We are in talks uh, with that right now. So show us your support. Let's make it happen. Let's take over this thing. Hardy and Oates, the Hook and Ladder Show, baby. As always with Hardy. And I'm Oates. Thanks for listening, guys.